Hey guys, it's 1969. We have the Vietnam War. We have a bunch of hippies running around doing God knows what. It's right. We're talking hair the theater show. Join us in a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. Long, beautiful hair. Shining, gleaming, steaming, facts and waxing. This is like my favorite part of the Broadway of uh, the Tony Awards is when he like comes up and it's like I just realized I'm inappropriately inappropriately wearing my hair for this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's why I said I had to go do my hair before the show started. It made sense. Can't do a show about hair I without having my hair kind of in my face. There. I guess I'm like I'm, I'm post-Vietnam War hair. <laughs> you're the straight line. Yes. You're the, arm, you're the army side head. of yes, the table. Exactly. Which makes appropriate sense seeing as you were an army child. Right. Yes. Hey everybody! And well, my dad was drafted during uh, during Vietnam. Oh, there you it go. was scary. It was my a scary dad time. was the next draft number when the war was ended. Oh, see, my dad. What happened was so he was drafted towards the end of the war. This war lasted a long time. Um, he was drafted towards the end of the war. He went through like PT training and everything, and then the war ended right as they were thinking of like sending in the next group of troops so he never actually had to go but he did stay in the military (laughs) because they were like hey we'll pay for your college that's a that's a really long (laughs) sidebar to this musical hey everybody it is broadway breakdown here on popcorn tart popcorn torque (laughs) popcorn talk network um i'm your host brianna phipps you can find me at bphipps14 on twitter and instagram bphipps1214 on snapchat and I'm one two three Jackie B on all platforms except Snapchat, where I'm Jackie B one two three. And we want to before we start the show. I, at least I know I want to. and I'm sure Jackie does too. Want to wish every mother out there, especially my mom, a very special yes, and happy Mother's happy Day today. Mother's Day. This musical has nothing to do with that, although it does tell you to go home there and hug a your kids. Lady there, and in it the does, musical. yeah. And there's the Wisconsin man dressed as a woman telling yeah. everyone to hug their children. Right. So, so you know, there's moms in the musical. Yeah. Just not an overly motherly musical. Yeah. Um, but happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there, future mothers, or fathers who are like mothers, or just fathers in general, too. Happy Parents happy Day. Happy Parents Day. <laughs> We're changing this around. <laughs> There's, you know, it's appropriate. <laughs> um, anyway, let's just go into our overall thoughts on the musical, and we'll try to do our best to stick to the theater show. Um, because we are going to be discussing the movie next week, even though I think we both have many thoughts on that. Uh, when, be prepared next week for <laughs> for us to take down the movie with one fell swoop. Unfortunately, not taking it down altogether. Oh, yeah, the movie, I, bow, bow, just, bow. I couldn't handle it. Um, so this musical, while being so ridiculous, and like the first act, when I went and saw it, I was just like, what is happening? Like, what? Like, where's, I don't know what storyline we're trying to go for here. Is there a storyline? But it's, like, one of those musicals that's so just, like, fun. And, like, there's some sad moments. But, like, overall, like, it's just so fun. And then you get to the second act and it's just, like, and. I think for me, um, I I do think it needs that and because it's ending with, like, it's ending with a war. But um, for me, I love the music. The music was really popular at that time. It was the music was selling like hotcakes and before I had heard the music without even, I guess, kind of really knowing that it was associated with Mm -hmm. hair. A lot of people do. A lot of people know the songs, some of the songs, you know, and they don't know that it's from a musical. Right. Exactly. And, um, and so when I think of songs like age of Aquarius, it's like, that is a very popular song in popular culture, not just people nowadays will know that song from 40 year old virgin. (laughs) 
That is true. Um, but yeah, that's a, I mean, now it's a song in the pop culture zeitgeist, but um, I guess for me, I love the music from Hair, but the musical itself, I think that because I actually uh, did a lot of avant-garde music or a lot of avant-garde theater and I I come from, like, my education has come from an avant-garde theater background. I think I get just so annoyed by it at this point because I've been exposed to it too much. I mean, I, I don't mean, know. Like it, the, fun, the fun part for me about the musical, like, besides the music, because I do love some of the music like you do, and I do know that some of it's gotten overplayed and everything, but the spirit that the actors bring in, at least when I saw it, there was just so, everyone was just having so much fun. Like, you, you're seeing the audience, and you're just enjoying yourself like you're rocking out to the music because you know it right like at least me like my dad like played that music growing up and I knew it before I even saw the musical and just everyone like you know the actors are coming down into the theater with you it's like I can imagine that as an actor being a really fun show to do just because just let loose and just yeah do just because of the open-endedness of it I think I think that part must be really exciting as an actor it's, it's just for me as an audience member I've like I mean, I've been to plays where people, like, threw fake guts at me and stuff. So you get to this point where you're like, what else have I not seen? For me, it was really fun because I sat in the orchestra. And um, the orchestra, at the end of the show, um, during after Final Bow, can choose to go up on the stage and dance with the actors on the stage. And so me and my mom and my friend Ashley that went, we went and did that. And That's awesome. It's so fun. And, it, like, even though you're not in the musical, you're kind of like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in the musical. I'm in this, I'm yeah. in this musical. For all you people up there in the balcony that I can't do this. And I do think it's it's hard to look at it when, um, f- from a, from today's time period, kind of looking back and seeing that at the time, hair was part of that, like, avant-garde uh, yeah, I mean, it theater was scene. And it was completely such a forward It really musical. pushed, yeah, it pushed a lot of boundaries for Broadway theater. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's hard to say for, if it pushed boundaries for theater and, like, just normal theater because they had so much avant-garde theater at the time. It's like, that just grew out of that naturally. Yeah. And so when it became a I Broadway... Mean, this test, yeah, this tested the boundaries, I mean, obviously, sexuality-wise. Right. Um I, in, I watched a documentary on the original musical, of, um, and they, the guy that one of the guys that was in the original musical was like, you know, we were all actually on drugs like during the show. He's like, I don't even remember some performances. We probably were actually having sex on stage at some points. Like, it was probably like some people that went and saw it, not knowing what this musical was about, were like shook to their core. Like, what's happening? Like, I do think because there is a nude scene in the show. And everyone kept telling me about it before I saw it. And like, it, I, I thought it was going to be It's such, the first nude scene it on Broadway. It is the first nude scene on Broadway, and that's why it was such a big deal. But I, in my head, had made it a big thing. Right. Like, oh, my God. Like, what, like I was waiting for this nude scene to happen. And when it happened, I almost didn't realize it had happened. <laughs> because what it is is that, you know, the, you have Claude singing in the front, and then everyone else kind of congregates in the back in this dim lighting. And they're nude. But in a very, like, subtle way. And then uh, I had to be like, oh, wait, look at the background. They are naked. But you're focusing on this other person singing with clothes on. So I was expecting, like, this huge, like, crazy nude scene. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. But so for those of you that maybe, like, haven't seen the musical yet or just know the music or just know the story and are weirded out by the nudity, like, it's not anywhere near, like, it's not going to, they're not going to come out and jump on you naked naked. yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're just gonna stand quietly peacefully in the back of a theater in dim lighting and you're gonna be like oh wait yeah they're naked 
I did read somewhere that um, I don't know about the revival cast, but in the original cast, it was basically a choice. Like you could choose whether or not you wanted to be naked at that point. Um, I think. I mean, at least in the one I saw, everyone besides Claude and the pregnant woman were, because I don't think unless she was actually well, pregnant. Yeah, yeah. There's that. <laughs> it might be a little awkward for her to come out right. unless she stood in the back, I guess, and mm-hmm. you just didn't really see her. But I think. I mean, I mean, it's hard to tell though because you can't like really like count. Con- right. So maybe it still is that way. I'm not sure. And I, you're probably not enjoying the play if you're counting naked people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is definitely, you know, like we said, you know, sexuality, drugs, hippie It was movement. shocking for audiences at the time because when you think the difference, now Broadway has obviously pushed a lot of boundaries on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But I think at the time... Um, you had you had like the off Broadway theaters were the ones that did the really experimental stuff. So bringing an experimental show onto Broadway to audiences that were not used to, yeah, especially like first off, this is like one of the first first like, rock musicals, first rock musicals, first show with nudity, first multiracial cast, mm-hmm. um, or not first. I, I guess they I mean like for the, for the amount of yeah one of one of the first multiracial cast because they had. I mean, it's not just like you know a couple, you know, people of color. There's a lot of mixtures. I think that was the other thing. It's not, it wasn't also um, a show that was centered on people of color. It was just a natural yeah. blend of people, which I, I think. Um, I mean, obviously you have to have both because you have the song, you know, black boys and white boys. So, But I think also it was, it, was, it represented how the time period was, yeah. you know, you had, you had people that you're coming, you're coming out of, this is the time period where you're coming out of the Jim Crow area and you have people who are saying, like, we don't we don't want a part of this anymore. We just wanna like hang out with our friends and it doesn't matter yeah. who they are or we what they're doing. Just wanna look hang like. out, do drugs, have sex and just, you know, yeah. live life. <laughs> I, it would be interesting to see with like the amount of because um, I know there was a revival in two thousand nine, but it it would be interesting to see now. Um, with the rise of activism that we've seen come after Donald Trump was elected, it would be interesting to see, like, what how a revival would be or what it would center on um, now. Now, I think that it would stay the same. It would stay true to what it was because it's about a time period and it's about a group of people that don't exist anymore. Like, you know, like there's people with those values and ideals, but it's not the hippies. What we think of today are not what hippies were. Like when you look at like the Halloween costumes and stuff. Like, that's not... Like, hippie, like hippies were, like, this whole movement of people that you just don't see that kind of thing anymore. And, like, and my dad always, like, jokes around because he, like, you know, we always, as kids, dressed, like, flower-powered, the tattoos, the glasses. And he's he's from San Francisco and, like, was in the Haight-Ashbury during this time period. And he was like, if you could see what a real hippie looks like, it wasn't that glorifyingly, like nice to look at like they had they didn't bathe they had long hair they had long arm hair leg hair whatever it was like they were dirty grungy drugged out people and so now like in the 90s especially we had that huge i think bring back of like hippie culture for kids yeah but it was more i mean that like in the 90s that's actually what spawned the hipster movement yeah because you had like these faux 
Um, these people, I mean, I mean, I, I'm guilty of this to some level. It's I like where, we all where you thought like these styles are cool. Like I'm going to mix and mingle and I'll shop at thrift, thrift stores, but I'm still going to like get my hair cut and like make sure I, I look tailored or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think we all are and stuff. It's just like, you know, growing up and stuff. If you like looked at those costumes or looked at like what we probably thought hippies were like, that's not what they were. And like what they were fighting for was like a huge cause that they believed in and that they, you know, they, like they, like you said, like it was this group of like, it didn't matter who you were or what you looked like or what it was just, we all believe in this cause. We all are kind of in this together. And I think the only, I mean, again, it's like, I do, I do think there's a lot of activism right now. Like we're living in a time right now where there's a lot of activism, but um, you're right. It's different. And one of the reasons why it's different is because in in the late 60s, there were so many different, like, social issues happening all at the same time. It's like you're talking about a war. You're talking about um, civil rights. You're talking about... Feminist rights. Feminist rights. Like, there are so many issues that were coming together at the same time that, um, that it, it made for, I guess, kind of like... a a more free environment. Yeah, and it was just, like, kind of people breaking away from, like, that traditional thing. Like, you know, you look back at the 40s and 50s and everyone was very put together. If you went out, you had your gloves on, you were dressed nicely, your hair was done. You're, like, you were put together and, like, then you get to, like, the 60s, like, late 60s, early 70s and people start just kind of wearing whatever they want to wear. They're growing their hair out. They're not doing themselves up as much. They're not bathing as much. And, like, it was this whole, like, spirit of, like, we're going to go against what traditionally is. Yeah, it's rejecting the man. And the man at that time was like sending people to war and saying that people should were separate but equal and saying that women couldn't have certain jobs, you know. So, uh, and saying, you know, people of different, African Americans couldn't have certain jobs and whatnot. So it was a, it was a total rebellion of all of those values. And um, it was also the because I was watching the 1969 Tony Awards, which I have a clip of it here. It's just funny. Like, I'm like everybody in that show at that time period is just wearing jeans. Yeah. Like you were looking at that. It's it's funny to look at that and then look, look at, the, at what we perceive it yeah, as in the 2009 and look at, one. Look at the 2009 one because in the 2009 one, it's very like clearly delineated costuming. Yeah. We're, we're putting that like this is what. We are saying hippies look right, like. Right, right, exactly. Like, these and were the, people that probably were actual somewhat hippies. You <laughs> know that they probably just wore their clothes on stage. They were like, I got those jeans. I'm just going to wear them on stage. Well, you know? What smells the least amount Right, of right. All right, going to wear this. Because um, they were, I mean, they did, the two guys, uh, James Ratto and um, Jerome Ragney. Did I say those names right? Yeah. Um, James Ratto, Jerome Ragney, yeah. Yeah. They... They brought people from sit-ins, or from sit-ins, from be-ins, which was, like, a big, like, kind of, like, LSD, peace, get-together, hangout, whatever. Um, and they would bring them in. And this is so funny, because this is, like, if, if anyone who lived through the 60s is hearing me explain this and is, like, you're atrociously <laughs> wrong, please let me know. I clearly did not live through the 60s. Yeah, neither of us did. Um, but they brought those people, they brought people in from their communities and basically just had them in the cast. So... There is a level of authenticity. Well, here. and they, yeah, they and they wrote it autobiographical, right? So they revealed later on that they were lovers, um, and then they eventually split up and met with other people. Yeah, yeah, life. <laughs> um, 
But let's talk some more about the music because we were talking about that earlier. And it, it, I mean, this, like you said, this music did, there's people that know this music that have no idea that there's a musical based off of it. Like we have, you know, Good Morning Starshine. Yeah. Um, which is even still, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the one with Johnny Depp used that line in it. Like I he, only saw that movie once because oh. it was horrible. <laughs> and then I repressed when he, everything. When he greets the um, kids, he like uses that. Oh. It's like, good morning, Starshine. The earth says hello. Um, we have Age of Aquarius. We have Even Hair itself. Even like, hair. Obviously, by the time you're listening to Hair, you're like, this is from a musical named Hair. But um, I even, believe in love. Like, yeah. There's so like I mean there's some music that you definitely don't know. <laughs> right. I I mean until actually you know watching the musical I didn't realize there were like you know songs about sodomy and whatnot but sodomy <laughs> fellatio. I was watching that in the theater and I was like oh wow. <laughs> and the LSD song. You're like those are songs. Those they are songs. They're there. And the air song. Air is everywhere. <laughs> Breathe deep. Oh my gosh, sorry. There's some very campy songs in it, and it's just a, it's just funny to me, like how for a majority of the first act, except for maybe a couple songs, it's all like this very upbeat, very silly, nonsensical. Nothing like is re- like I said it before. It's nothing's relating to a storyline in yeah, any sort of form yeah, of way. It's a very in the first format. act, yeah. And then the second act, you know, you still have some of those songs like Black Boys and White Boys, and but then you start getting into like this drug trip and. I do think that, like, the reason that the end is kind of, even though I guess they tried to make the last song, uh, they they made that last song and to try and, like, bring up the mood a little bit, it still doesn't I mean, necessarily it's still, yeah, I mean, they do still, that. Like, it's everyone walking away as one person stands alone on the stage finishing the song off. It's still very right intense. But, I mean, I think that's why, like... Someone once said, like, if you want to go see Hair just for the story, just come in at the intermission. Because you don't need the first act. unless Like, the only thing you need for the first act is maybe the names because you get to introduce to everybody. But the second act is, like, you know, you do this drug trip and he's, like, going all the stuff. You're getting the draft cards and then burning their draft cards and him eventually choosing to go to... Whether... I can't remember. I'm trying to remember if he chose to go to war or if he just... I think he does. He does. I think he does make that choice. Um, But it's just like it's like all of a sudden this like silly, like free spirited musical gets so deep, and you're like, oh, okay, this is where we were going this entire time. And that's why the end. I mean, the end is like you could compare it to the end of a drug trip. It's like you just had this fun, exciting party, and then bam, you're like set into a very dark. And that's why she she goes up and she's like, Claude, you have bad trip, like yeah, because he all of a sudden is like, oh wait this fun spirited life that I've been having and just having fun with like what's happening to it. Right. And that's, I mean, I think that's, that's kind of why, I don't know, like not that the eighties are particularly dark, but when you, the Vietnam war, like it left such a lasting wound on this country because it was a war we lost, but we still can't admit that we lost it. And Mm -hmm. so many people died and, so many people felt that those people died needlessly that once you reach the 90s that's why you have this like 90s like depressed era kind of culture yeah um and i do want to go with the songs too that there was ones that they had made but they took out because of it being too like um they had one called colored spade 
which they had racial slurs within the songs and stuff. So I, they did even go further with this, with some of this music, and they decided to kind of bring it back a little bit. Yeah, they were clearly trying to push boundaries, obviously, with a lot Without, of Without, like, to the point where people would have been completely turned off. I think they did a good balance because, yeah, this pushes boundaries. Yeah, there might have been people that went could go see it and left, like, not liking it at all and not being okay with it. But I think, like, for the most part, like, it, it does enough of the job of, like, keeping it lighthearted for most of it that even people that were maybe pro-war weren't going to get too swayed either way, that they would still yeah. be able to see the point of it. Um, what was What's your favorite song? Age of Aquarius, hands Age down. Aquarius. I think that's because it's like I had... I had heard it so many times in like the pop culture zeitgeist before I actually like knew it was associated with hair and knew anything about hair. Um, that song to me is just it's such a beautiful like fun cool song that and it's hard not to associate it with that time period too. Mm-hmm. Mine I have like well, I have two. I love for some reason I just love Manchester England. It is a fun song. It's hard to get out of your head. And it is that very hard. that was I it's so cuz after doing all the research and everything yesterday, I was like, why is that song stuck in my head? I cannot get it out of my head. <laughs> it's very catchy. It just makes no sense, but I love it. Um and then Flesh of the Failures is my other favorite song cuz it's I just I don't know. There's just so much behind it like with them like looking for him and like not being able to find him and then singing this song and him walking around. Yeah. Singing in none It's of very powerful. See. It's so powerful. It's very powerful. Plus, it's like when the girl gets to like, the main girl gets like, she has like other songs too, but I feel like that's her power song. Yeah. So that, those are my two favorite songs. Um, I do want to get into some of the other themes because we do, they do talk about religion and astrology within the show as well. Um, I love the astrology thing. I loved how in the original cast, apparently they had like an astrologer there. Um, giving them advice. Yeah. I mean, they definitely did work on the show. Like, for everyone that thinks that this was just, like, I mean, it was just a bunch of people kind of on drugs doing whatever they wanted, but they actually did put work into it as well. It wasn't the entire time just like, yeah, let's just go on and we'll sing whatever comes to our mind and that'll be our songs. Well, I mean, it's it's clear because the show was a hit, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, I don't, I think that... If they hadn't put effort into it, it would be like those two, you know, those two people on Saturday Night Live who it was Kristen Wiig and uh, Fred Armisen, who they're like a singing duo and they have, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. like, they haven't prepared anything and they keep like trying to sing each other's uh, and finish each other's songs and they're horrible. Like if you hadn't prepared anything, that's what it would be. And no one would come see it, you know, mm-hmm. or you would only have a one good night because then you would the next night not be able to remember what right. you did. Right. Exactly. You would not be able to replicate it. Um, and there is, you know, like the whole underlying thing of kind of, you know, they have the Lucifer song and that whole underlying thing of religion, which, I mean, I think this was a generation that was starting to lose its religion. Definitely. I mean, it's hard to believe in something when you feel like everything around you is falling apart and the institutions that um, in the 50, 40s and 50s that you once believed in are no longer serving you. Yeah. And also, like, you know, within the sodomy song, it's like him singing these different words. I mean, like, why are these viewed as nasty? Why are these dirty? Why is masturbation dirty? Like, it's, it's, it, that was their subtle schwag, like, where I don't think people understood necessarily always that it was about the religious aspect, but that was their subtle way of being like, religion has held us back from being able to fully talk about things talk in about a public forum, and especially or, in the United States. Or be I appreciative mean, of things and be appreciative of our bodies in yeah. different ways. And 
you know, like, I mean, for every, for how silly this musical can be, like it, they, if like when they you depict it down, points, yeah. yeah, when you depict it down, like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense when you're first watching it and you have no ba- background of the story because you're just like, what am I watching right now for some of it? I, I think it is hard. Like, I do think it is hard for a modern audience to look back and kind of, you, there has to be a cultural and historical context to mm-hmm. looking at a show like Hair and saying, like, where were these people coming from? What were they trying to say? You know, because now we have shows like Book of Mormon that, like, openly poke fun at religions, yeah. openly poke fun at, like, saying the things you're not supposed to say. You know, um, we have shows that do that. We have comedians that do that. It's, um, and, arguably like shows like hair open the doorway for that i don't think you would have rent if you didn't have hair yeah i mean hair definitely broke down like some of these what a traditional musical was like you know before it's like we had all these musicals that did explore deep subjects and stuff but nothing to this extent and nothing in this kind of sound before like they kind of created this like you can make musicals that don't necessarily sound like you know the um, Rogers and Hammerstein. And well, stuff. you can make musicals that go into pop culture, and people who aren't necessarily like musical fans can listen to the music and really enjoy it, mm-hmm. and then say, "Oh, that's from a musical." And obviously, nowadays with uh, uh, the success of Hamilton, there ha- there's now tons of musicals where people who necessarily wouldn't be attracted not necessarily to musicals go. We no- we no longer have that one standard musical sound anymore. Right. Which, right. which there used to be. And I think hair was part of bring, what brought that about. Right. And it helps that it's not the same. Like, when you when you allow people who are outside, like, when you continue having, like, Rodgers and Hammerstein make all these musicals, they start, not that I don't like Rodgers and Hammerstein, but it's like they start to sound the same, same. And they start to be a When you only have brand. a certain amount of people making musicals, you only get a certain sound. Right. Exactly. And that's, like, the thing of it. And that's, like... <clears throat> these people coming about making these musicals that weren't made before and that don't sound like the traditional musical and it can be a hit is I think a powerful message in itself and that like drove maybe other people to be like you know what maybe I can do something like this maybe I can do something of my own but that's not you know Cinderella or this or this or that I, maybe can I can be, do something experimental and make it a hit yeah, yeah. um I do want we have a couple of videos I'm going to show. We have the 1969 Tony Awards. I just wanted to show that and the 2009 one just because of the difference. There is a real difference. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the 69, obviously, because of the... You know what kept throwing me about this actress was that she looks like a young Ann Coulter. Uh, and I was like, why? What? She has gray hair, though. She does have gray hair. I just love their set too. The fact that it's just like a bunch of random stuff. Yeah, it's like found objects. Yeah, literally found objects. It's also telling their choice of song. So you choose to bring this song to the Tonys, whereas in 2009, you choose to bring Hair, which is like the more upbeat. Well, to be fair, they had three different songs within Hair. I just chose the last one, but yeah, all three of the ones they chose were. Heavy more of hitting, the ones. yeah. He- the heavy hitting political. Like, look at this. Every, except for like two people, everyone's in jeans. Yeah. And you totally feel get the feeling that this is stuff people had. 
That guy in the back reminds me of the guy that plays um, Napoleon Dynamite. John oh, Hurt. yeah. Yeah, he does look like him. And look, and this is also the difference, too, of this time period versus our time period, because it's going to pan out to the audience, and no one in the audience is, like, moving. Like, you're expecting people to be, like, kind of... Right, right. Moving their head with it, or clapping along with them. No one's But really it's funny moving. because you have shows like, like Hair that encouraged audience interaction. The audiences weren't understanding, like, what to... Like, the mainstream audiences, I should say. We're not understanding, like, what to do with that yet. Yeah. And it's now... We have so many audience interaction Acting shows ones. that we understand what we're supposed so to do so with it. So it's abnormal for us to look back at something where it's like, you want to like be right. moving your head with right. it and no one's doing anything. And now at the Tonys, you have people like running out into the audience, which is what you'll see in, see, the, 2009 in the 2009 one, one. Where, like sitting on people and whatnot. Yeah. And then this one, this one was nominated for Best Musical and Best Direction Musical, but didn't win anything. And I, I don't think at this time period it could have won anything yet. It was too controversial. They didn't want to like, you know, the political it's part of it It's what we talked all. about with the first with Gypsy in the beginning, how people were just not ready for it yet. Yeah. They weren't ready for this yet. They weren't ready to give the accolades to it, I should say. Like, the, Gypsy, again, was popular. Like, hair was popular. But it's like, they... It was a shock to your system. Yeah. So this is the 2009 one together. Picking the fun song. <laughs> with the... I'm hairy I love standard. Gavin Creel. I don't care. <laughs> what? I love Gavin Creel. He's got a great voice. He like, does. he really does. I'm hairy high and low. Don't ask me but why. you know he doesn't own those jeans. Those like were jeans made by a costuming made, yeah. person. It's not for lack of But this regardless, like, you know like the great They just are look have so much fun. Yeah. Darling. Just to lead into next week's discussion, which I'm not gonna get into, like I said, but the guy he's singing with is Burger, who in this is just kind of like the secondary right, person in the, the secondary show. character. Also, I mean, you could probably be in the show nowadays and they'll just put wig on you. I feel like back in the day, if you didn't have oh, good yeah. hair, they were like, Sorry. Oh, yeah, that was totally back in the day. That was their hair. Here they were like, let me give you a long manicured wig. <laughs> and you're going to go sit on Anne Hathaway. <laughs> For those of you listening to this as a podcast, um, that's what he was saying. Yeah, I mean, this this musical, they like during multiple different songs, come out to audience, either get... Um, like step onto this the chairs, sit on your lap, hand you flowers. Like it's a very uh, interactive show. <laughs> Just groaning in the back. And I mean, look at the scenery in the background, too, because, like, instead of found objects, now you have a... Um, like a very bright color. A very bright color, happy sunshine. Also, just the clothes in general are so bright when they were so dingy and right. stuff before. Right. It's, this totally reminded as well as me... of choreography, whereas I don't think... You know, like like the guy that said in the documentary, a lot of them were on drugs during the show. I don't know if they could have had choreography. Yeah, I mean these are I mean these are people that the guys knew a lot of the time. Um, a lot of the time, the cast is people that they knew, not Broadway stars that were totally understood choreography. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, what was really fun about looking at the original cast was seeing, like, what their jobs were post-hair. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of see, like, where they went after that. I think one was, like, a Wiccan priestess. Um, and so you, you kind of got this sense, a real sense of, like, this was, this were. really meant something to them. It wasn't just a job. Like, yeah. not, wanted, not to say that hair is a bad job a, to get. They wanted you know? to go out there and put their word out there. Right. These are definitely trained dancers. Yeah, because I mean, if I tried to go up there and do that, I'd be like, <laughs> uh, also headbanging makes you really out of breath. So just to be able to do all the headbanging and then like singing, singing and not be out of breath or right. only lightly out of breath. Right, exactly. The rest of us would be like, right, just give me a second. When, when I was in high school, we would have you would have the because it's really hard to like sing and dance at that level at the same time we would have like a dance cast and a singing cast so the singing cast would like walk around and then the dance cast would do all the like heavy handed dancing stuff yeah um, which sometimes that's what you have to it's do it's what you have to do because this is freaking like next level talented um and the 2009 show it won best revival of a musical um, and it was nominated for Best Performance by Leading Actor for Gavin Creel, Best Performance by a Featured Actor with, for Will Swenson, who plays Berger, um, Costume Design, Lighting Design, Sound Design, and Choreography. So it won one, but it was nominated for a lot more. But like you can just look at that versus the 1969 one. Right. The amount of nominations it got and that it won an award shows that, like, you know... I think that's coming off of the fact that the original cast, like, had the they had several touring casts going at the same time, kind of like what we're doing with Hamilton right now, mm-hmm. um, because it was so popular. And weirdly, Meatloaf was in several of them. I was like looking this up, and I'm like, why is Meatloaf in like every other touring cast? <laughs> it was so random. I don't even remember who he played. It was just like blah blah, blah and Meatloaf, and over here blah, blah blah and Meatloaf. I was like, wait, what? Where is Meatloaf going? What is he doing? Um, and I, before we get on to our Broadway news, I do want to just talk about some of like, like you said, like you, we were watching, you, um, you watched what people did after the show that were in the show. Um, and it did invoke a big social change after the show. Let it, um, artwork it inspired some artwork, um, that like Jim Dine, um, did a painting depicting a comb and a few strands of hair. And that was directly because of this show. Um, it was just, the reaction to the show just created this kind of movement that happened. And yeah, so, people were very passionate and excited about it. Mm-hmm. It it sh- it made some some people maybe made realize the seriousness of what was going on because, like we said, the second act, you know, it's, it gets so intense and like it's so easy to distance yourself from what could be happening in a war when you're not seeing it firsthand. Yeah. So like having someone on stage being this person that was free and loving and against all of this and then deciding to go to the war for his country or for his people or for whatever it was for whatever the reason was that he decided and then having these like powerful images it spoke directly to people yeah. there's no doubt that it spoke directly to people and it spoke directly to a lot of people's experiences um which cast did you see was it the hollywood bowl cast no i saw it in san francisco oh, actually okay. before i moved to la which was i really enjoyed that aspect of it because San Francisco was such a huge part of the hippie movement mm-hmm. that I felt like this is like the right city the perfect to see this place. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that I, I just want to read a couple of things that the touring company of hair met with resistance throughout the United States when it was on tour. 
Um, in South Bend, Indiana, the Morris Civic Auditorium refused booking. And in Evansville, Indiana, the production was picketed by several church groups. And in Indiana, it was all in Indiana. Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, the producers had difficulty securing a theater. And city authorities suggested the cast wear body stockings as compromises to the city's ordinance prohibiting publicly displaying nudity. So, like, we say that, the, like, we're talking a lot about, like, the good that came out of hair and stuff, but there was still a lot of resistance. Like, it wasn't like, we're doing the show now, everyone's like, yay. We I think understand. that's what has to happen, though. Like, it, you have to basically have a touring show that is going, like, I'm going to go into um, into more conservative parts of America to give, A, to give access to people who, like, who de- who feel marginalized in those areas and definitely need that kind of access, mm-hmm. you know? But at the same time, to say, I'm going to challenge your, your preconceived social norms. I mean, yeah, it's... You're force, you know, with whatever you do in any kind of activism way, you're forcing people that either don't want to admit something or don't see it. And who wants to bet that cities like that now have Avenue Q coming through with no problem? You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh, that's a whole other Avenue musical. Q has a song called "The Internet Is for Porn," and we can move on from there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it. There's gonna whatever you're doing something that's act is forcing people to look at themselves in a different way you're going to meet resistance no matter right. what it is and no matter what time period you're in i think right that's true it's just like all those people boycotting successfully boycotting hamilton which other people are like which they're not because... that was a, that was completely if you missed yeah, sarcasm like, that was completely sarcastic people were saying boycott. i was like if they were then i think everyone else would just be like fine because now everyone else would be like can i have your can i have your ticket for free if that is your protest it's more like the people that were boycotting you and the beast for like the gay scene and stuff and yeah that worked out well yeah everyone's like and by worked out well i mean that the couple people that like publicly said that they were gonna do yeah like so you lost out on money on your tickets or whatever but you know it's you're always gonna have that but you can't stop the tide of like time you can't be afraid to push the boundaries because it's gonna be met with resistance or because you might be met with hate right um, not if you truly want to make a difference. That is true. I like that. I like that as an end note. Yeah. It's a good end note. Um, we will be talking about, like we said, the movie next week, which is vastly different from the theater show in many, many ways. <laughs> so confused by the Besides movie. Besides maybe the music. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that next week, and we'll talk about that in correlation with the theater show um, as well. So I do want to get on to some Broadway news, because we do have... We have so much news. I know. We had... Three new live shows announced this past week. Yeah. One of them is Jesus Christ Superstar, which... Uh, we just did. Which we just did here on... Which is the only one that has a date associated with it. Right. So you guys, uh, you should go back and watch Jesus, like our breakdowns of Jesus Christ Superstar to get prepped for that. Jesus, and then you can watch Jesus. our breakdown of Rent to prep for that. Jesus Christ Superstar is going to be on um, April 1st. Of next year, for it's on Easter. It's going to be on. Makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, see, like I said, it's the only one that has a date, and that one is going to be for NBC. And then we have, like Jackie said, Rent, which has no date associated right. with it. Um, it's going to be, I believe, Fox, right? Yes, it's Fox, which did Rocky Horror, which um, when Alexis told us about this, it does make me nervous because... I mean, we talked about it on our show. Yeah. Because we talked about what... Because Becca had wanted a live yeah, version. Yeah, we did talk about that. It, You know, like, I'm all for putting these platforms and putting these messages on television. But 
we still aren't in an age where you can put something like that on a daytime, like not daytime, but like even early night television because you have to censor it. And I just, this show should not be censored. Yeah, it's it's how I felt about Rocky Horror when they censored it. It's and like look they, at they how cut that out. Out. I know they cut out like they cut out all the like, but made it more violent, sexy, racy women. stuff. Yeah, and then made it more violent. And I I love Rent so much. It's like if you're going to do it, you better do it justice. You better and put like, it out there. You know, and there we, better be no censored kisses or whatever. I don't want liked, any of that shit. We all liked the movie, but we all did agree that they did censor that back and that's a film right so how much further is it gonna have to go to be on television right. unless they did it like whatever the hour is at 10 p.m or something 11 p.m where you can be more racy on television after right. that hour or unless you, and it's obviously not gonna be on hbo or showtime i don't know i hope they do a really good job with it i'm excited to see who's gonna be cast in it yeah i'm really i'm really and that again it's like with the way Fox cast Rocky Horror, it does give me some, like, slight pause because I'm like, I you also, like, Rent is a, a rock musical. You mm-hmm. can't, like, cast people just because they're big names and can't they sing. They need to be able to do the parts. Yeah. Uh, Acting-wise, especially with this musical, like, they, you have to sell it to, you have to make me I'm feel. I'm so worried. <laughs> ah, we were just talking about you. Yeah, I, I, you guys already know how much I love this musical and what it means to me memory-wise and stuff. So, like, I'm excited, just like Brianna said, where it's like, yeah, let's bring it out, you know, let I everybody see want, what it is. I just don't want, like, Zac Efron as <clears throat> Angel. That's no, oh, my God. Gonna, like, oh, my God. No, you just crushed <laughs> all of my dreams, Jackie. Something like that. But, I mean, this is how Fox thinks of their character. No, like, oh. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I just hope that they do it justice, man. I'm just trying to think of who's, like, a big pop star at the moment that they would put into a role that probably wouldn't do a good Another job. Another Ariana Grande? I didn't say it. <laughs> She's going to be Maureen. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> if they do it right, then I'm fine with it. I just don't know if they will. Yeah. And so I can't make... I, I also just, like, you know, I need, I need to, like, be more positive and not go into it with all these negative assumptions of what's going to happen until it happens. But just based off of the past, it, it makes me nervous. Right. They're just, I mean, some of it is like, you know that rent is popular with people, so you're doing a clickbait thing where you're saying, we're going to give you some rent and then people will tune in and then you'll have you'll have the longtime rent fans get angry if the casting is wrong and if you're censoring it. And then you have the new kids not understanding what rent is, which also does Also, you have harm. a whole generation of people that, you know, don't understand the AIDS epidemic of the 90s at Right, all. right. Um, all that's why kids. you have to do it justice. Yeah, no, that's why exactly. Like you can't censor it down and make right. it seem like a more happy time than what it right. was. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just don't know. Mixed feelings. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. I'm, Speaking of mixed feelings, I'm gonna wait until next is Willy Wonka. No, <laughs> first we have a Christmas story, which oh. is the last one that was. I actually did not hear about. This yes, one. Christmas story is gonna also be live. I'm guessing they haven't released a date. It's um gonna be Fox. I'm gonna guess it's gonna come out around Christmas time. What? No. To compete maybe with Bye Bye Birdie on NBC. Yeah. That's my guess. That um, but sense. they haven't released a date for it either. But I mean, it's a little surprising that they're gonna do Christmas stories because it's such a new musical. But you know, the movie is such an iconic movie and yeah. has such a huge cult following. I'm sure people will watch it regardless. So. Right. It's a smart I think move that's by why. Fox. Yeah, uh, but you better get a little kid that's a good singer and sells me on that part. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. And next, they're doing Billy Elliot. 
Again with Zac Efron. <laughs> oh my God. No, wait, he's too old for that right now. He Stay can, away like, from all the musicals, Zac Efron. Stay away. He'll just be the like grown Billy at the very end dancing. Yes. Can he do that kind of dancing? I don't, I don't know. even think so, which is why Fox would cast him. Anyway. Anyway, the <laughs> last bit of news is uh, on Good Morning America, they released, uh, or didn't release, they performed um, part of the new Willy Wonka, uh, or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I should say. Willy Wonka's the Gene Wilder movie that they had to change the name because Ronald Dahl didn't like it. Oh. Um, so Charlie and the Chocolate Factory play. So this is our first taste of that leading up to the Tony Awards. I never had a chance to shine, never a happy song to sing. But suddenly half the world is mine. What, what an, an amazing thing, cause I got a golden ticket. Charlie, your father would be so proud. We got a golden chance to make our way. And the golden ticket is a I know. That's like that's. They're definitely gonna get nominated for a costume uh, award again, or they're trying to. I know, but I'm just so mad that they turned the TV kid into like a total hipster. What is this? this door's a factory. I love him so much. No, Christian Borle. You don't like Christian Borle? I like him, but not as Willy Wonka. No, no, no. I don't like him as Willy Wonka either, but I still love him. Okay. Okay, I agree with that. It's hard when you think of Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. I don't mind him as Willy Wonka, but but that's only because I know like the original story, and I know like that the original one is supposed to be a lot darker, and I feel like he could maybe do it justice. I hope they do. I mean, I don't know. The the costumes are so candy coated that I don't know if they're gonna do it darker, which is what I would like. Man, this this musical is gonna be so cheesy. It's <laughs> so cheesy. It's so bad. Like I'm getting a cavity just from watching. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna get. There. We're I not did. gonna get the creepy candy song in the beginning. Oh, that's so sad. Um, we're not gonna. I don't know if this is true, but that's one. I loved that song in the beginning. That creepy like neighborhood candy man. You know who's like singing about Willy Wonka, and then he's like, yeah, being creepy. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and then uh, yes. that other creepy song where on their they're on the boat, and Gene Wilder is like, I'm gonna kill you on this boat. That's uh, <laughs> literally not the thing. You know how said, like when we were younger and people used to make fun of us that musicals were like weird and cheesy. Right. I think this is what this musical is gonna be like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still mad about hipster kid. <laughs> Who's hipster kid? Uh, Mike, the, uh, the kid. Mike TV. Oh, God. Yeah. Because now he's like a hipster with an iPad. Yeah, gross. And Veruca is like a... A ballerina? ballerina? I do like that they made um, Violet, like Violet Violet a black girl. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. And the fact that her dad looks like a pimp? What's yeah. up with that? I love the fact that this kid playing um, I think that's Augustus the only part has been with. so patted down. His legs are right? his face are so skinny. His legs are, yeah. He looks um, like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> What is happening? What is that fur coat that he's wearing? My God. <laughs> Gross. No. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about yeah, that either. Like, the dancing's good. Yeah, it looks That's great. my only comment right now. Yeah. Come in. Oh, God. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I kind of, I know that, I mean, I know that people. I don't hate the song. Right. I don't hate the song either. But I know that people want to update, people want to update, um, when did when did I the Gene Wilder musical look, come out? It was like in the seventies, I want to say. And I loved those costumes. I almost wish they had just kept it in the seventies. And I know that's like weird, but I just hate the updated costumes. I'm not a fan of them. Um, I looked up the song list for the musical. I'm trying to see what's on here. So, of any, I'm trying to see if there's any ones on here that from the movie, like that are from the movie. Yeah. Um, what about Oompa Loompa? I don't see any oompa. I, I wonder if they're not. Are they going to get are rid they of the oompa do it? I don't see anything having to do with the oompa loompa in any of this. Or maybe they'll just talk about them, but you won't see them, or you'll just see one or two. Um, are they going to be like Tinkerbell? They, we will have pure ima- <laughs> they will have pure imagination. Oh, I like that song. So that one, that's good. That one will still be in I there. I think it'd be weird if they took that one out. Yeah, that would be it weird. It looks like that's probably the only Ugh. one. I don't know how I feel about this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Based off of that, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to try to keep an open mind about it a little bit. We'll see on the Tony Awards because I'm sure it'll be nominated. But or I guess the nominations already went out. I can't remember if it was nominated. I, I think it was. Um, but it's just not something that I'm willing to pay a lot of money for. Let's no. say it that way. I'll go if you pay me. That was, that's my life. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like a good thing to take kids to. Maybe. It, that yeah. is, you know what's funny is that is the first thought I had. I was like, that's a good thing to take kids to. It wasn't like, oh, I'm incredibly impressed and interested in this musical. It was like, I would take a child to see that, which is how I felt about the Mary Poppins musical. Yeah, I never saw the Mary Poppins. Yeah, musical. it's not, oh, it's man. not something you want to go I to. I love Mary Poppins, but I didn't see the musical. I, I, no, I, I the just musical. Feel like you anything do not want to Mary Poppins. Just it's, makes me not want to see. Yeah, it. Mary Poppins the musical is basically because what's her bucket? Who wrote the books? Was like so mad at the movie. All they use the actual like book stuff to make the musical, and it's like fucked up and weird. And so, well, you're, that's the thing about the. Um, about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like I said, like he had to call it Willy Wonka for the film with Gene Wilder because Ronald Dahl didn't like what they did with it and said, that's not my book. Mm. Because um, they made it, like, you know, they made Charlie, I think, do the one room. Yeah. Where he actually does something bad. Because Charlie's oh, supposed to be yeah. pure. Oh, yeah, he opens that, he, fizzy, he drinks that fizzy, fizzy lifting stuff. Drink. Fizzy yeah. lifting drink. Yeah, so, like, there was, and and he thought that Charlie looked too healthy. <laughs> And happy, um, yeah. So, well, but see, look at but Ronald Dahl's again, books. Ronald Dahl was a very dark. He person. was a dark person, but still, that that movie is very beloved. No, it's very beloved. As but, is but that's the Mary why, Poppins but that movie. That is why it's called Willy Wonka instead yeah. of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because they had to change it. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I love Christian Borel. The song wasn't bad. I just it just they have the just seems, ticket. It just seems song. maybe a little too campy for my tastes. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I'll try to keep an open mind about it. If it, it's, I can't promise that if it comes through, I'm going to go see it. <laughs> if I had endless money, I would see every show that came through, regardless, just to see. Right, but just I to don't. See it. Yeah. <laughs> so that about wraps up our show for yes. this week. Unless you had any other news no, that you want to talk about. See us next week for the movie, the movie version of Hair. Uh, where can they find you? One last time, Jackie. One, two, three, Jackie B on all platforms, and in two hours on the RuPaul's Drag Race after show. And you guys can find me at BFIPS14 on Twitter and Instagram, BFIPS1214 on Snapchat on Wednesday for the finale of The Speechless After Show on AfterBuzz TV. So we will see you all next week. Have a great one. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.